Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. Welcome back to Mommy's on a Call. Today, I'm excited to bring to you Dr. Allison Mitzner. Dr. Allison Mitzner is a single mom of two, board-certified pediatrician, family wellness and fitness expert, and passionate supporter of parents feeling calm, confident, and healthy. After attending medical school in Syracuse and completing her residency on Long Island, Dr. Mitzner worked at a private practice in Manhattan and is now a senior director at a major pharmaceutical company in worldwide safety and regulatory. She's the author of the number one Amazon bestselling book, Calm and Confident Parenting, where she shares proven strategies and tools for making small changes to your mindset, routine, and habits to help parents raise their children with calm confidence. Welcome, Allison. Hi, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I wanted to start off by asking, what is your biggest mom win of the week? Gosh, I guess so many. Well, my kids came back yesterday after from their dad, so I would say that they loved all the Hanukkah presents that I picked out for them on the first night. That was a win because some, some years they'll be like, ah, eh, it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, they loved everything last night. Oh, that was and, pretty win. and dinner. There was, I'm not ooh, what did you make? Nothing fancy at all. I, it was, I, I was like, we start, we had a little pizza bagels that I made. And then these little, I, I don't even, I have a name for them. They, I guess they're like pizza bites. It was a fun dinner. They just come home. It was Hanukkah. Oh, yeah, they well, it. to give the audience a little bit of context, tell me about your family structure. So what does that look like? I know you're a single mom. How old are your kids? And kind of what does that look like? Sure. So I'm based in Manhattan. I have a daughter who just turned 10 and a son who's almost eight. And yeah, I, they're very, uh, now that they're getting older, they're very into their own individual things. So, you know, my daughter's very, she loves the theater and acting and singing and music and dancing, which probably drives her brother crazy a bit. And then my son's more of like sports. He says all the time, like, I just love sports, all sports. So they, they have all their activities and they're busy after school. They do their homework. I try and carve out when I do have them dinner time and that quality time. So it's talking about like dinners. So usually between five and seven everyone's annoyed if I don't text them back or they can't reach me. But yeah, so we just, it's fun. I try and enjoy the time, you know, the quality time and kind of separate work and kid time. So you said you have kind of shared custody of your children. How do you structure your weeks around that? You know, when do you have your kids and how do you fit in your work? Not only are you working full time, you also have, you know, your side gig. And so I'm curious as how do you structure your behind the scenes with your kids? A lot of planning, a lot of planning and a lot of lists, but I really try and schedule the best I can. But I feel like it's, we know as a mom, right? It's always crazy and it never stays as you plan. But 
scheduling the time, especially now during the pandemic, I didn't have a sitter regularly and it was just sort of me. So making sure with work, I had that time and then knowing my schedule with my kids and what I would do. There's one day a week they go to their dads and alternate weekends. And so often people are like, oh, you have that free time when your kids are at their dads. And I'm like, no, I am buried trying to shop for them or food shop or do laundry bills. So I kind of just schedule it. I, I don't know how else to say, like, I just have to really budget that time of knowing when I can get my work done, when I can get other things done and my kid time, because I can't, and I talk about this a lot, like multitasking never works. And I really want to, when I'm with the kids, be focused on the kids because they know like when you're doing other things, you know, so. How do you carve out that time for them? How do you set up those boundaries? It's hard. It's impossible. I just, the best I can, I know what I have to get done that day. And I try and get it done early enough in the day, even before they come home from school. Of course, that'll change if one's sick or school or whatever. But I just, I know what I have to get done. And often I'll get up early that day, earlier than I normally do. If I What have time to, do you I, normally get up? I normally get up. We can talk about like exercise that the that's my coffee and caffeine for the day, but typically between 5.30 and 5.45. Are you always been a morning person? Yeah, I think okay. so. I like to do my workouts in the morning for all reasons. One, things always come up later in the day. It gives you that energy boost for the day. It just, yeah, it starts my day. Otherwise I feel more sluggish, but yeah, I'm usually a morning person. Even on the weekends, I'm probably up earlier than most. Do you wake up at... <laughs> I was going to say with your kids. Yeah. What time do they wake up? I mean, they sleep till about seven. No, I mean, during school week, six 30 on the weekends, they can sleep till like eight, which is sometimes seven 30 or eight. Well, you know, the unpredictability of when you're, you just never know if they're going to get up early that day. And you're like, the whole morning is totally thrown off, but that's why things that I like to get done. I try and do before the kids get up or before I get to work or, and kind of knowing what I have to get done that day. That's that important or has to get done. So this way I know I have that time later with the kids, but it's hard. I I don't think anything ever goes as I plan. Right. Yeah. I just kind of, and you know, I mean, with three kids, it's just, you make it work the best you can and not stress. But as long as I know the important things get done that have to get done. I mean, there are times you have to use the iPad as a babysitter if you have to get on an urgent call or something, but Well, I was going to say, you can't like tag team. So I was always saying like, you know, when I have things to do, like I have my husband to rely on or I have during the pandemic, it was harder with childcare, but at least I have that as a single mom. Like, how have you handled that? Your kids are older now, but they weren't a few years ago. And we weren't in a pandemic a few years ago. So you were having to leave the house to go to work because I assume you didn't work from home back then. You know, how did that look? Like, how did you do that? It was hard. And when I first moved out, my kids were two and four. So you did need that extra hand. And I, I had it a little different. Like I always chose to have two part-time babysitters over a full-time nanny, because if one was ever out, I would just be lost. Like, what would I do without that help? I had like some close friends that, I mean, I I don't even have to describe how grateful I am for them because there was one time I broke my hands like months into moving here. And I was like, I need to go to the ER. Can I please bring my kids or like juggling even to do laundry and bringing them up and downstairs. Like I just, because you couldn't leave them alone at that age. But there are things that I just had to know I had to have that outside support 
to juggle it all because you don't you don't have someone that you can and you have to plan well in advance. Some people have a hard time asking for help. Do you Mm -hmm. or how did you kind of come to that place to be able to ask for help? I think initially, I mean, the first few months, I, I you just kind of know it was hard and you have to figure out who's there for you and who's really part of you. You always hear the word mom tribe. I hate using that, but it's true. Like who's there for you no matter what, or what you could do for them and like who you can count on. But I think I, I learned pretty early on. I couldn't do it myself. Like I need my sleep. I had to take care of me to be that parent that could take care of my kids and you couldn't do it all. I mean, it's just impossible. And I, initially just having them with me most of the time and moving in, I knew I needed that extra hand. And I don't have that much family around me close, like in the city, um, at least at that time either. You just just said something interesting. You said, you know, I needed to like focus on me and that a lot of moms, it's hard for them to get to that point to put themselves in a place where they can like work on themselves, where they can take care of themselves. I hate saying self-care these days because I feel like that's so overdone, but it's also so needed. And so how did you get to that point where, you know, you focused on you and what do you do for yourself besides say working out daily? That's kind of for your own mental and mindset sanity. Mm -hmm. I learned, and this is why I, I wrote about it early on and from my own personal experiences and injuries that I had ever, I learned all about, like you said, self-care and alternative medicine, all these things that I needed to learn to focus on myself at the time that I, at the time I thought it was the worst thing ever. Now I'm grateful for because it's changed my life of who I am as a person and those around me and for my kids, because it forces me to see the impact of taking care of yourself first. And I still do that today for my parenting. I would see how if I didn't sleep, you know, when you don't sleep, you're more anxious or you're more impatient or you snap more at your kids or you eat worse. And then if you eat worse, you're more sluggish and it's, they're all intertwined. So just over the years, I've in every aspect of my life, I saw how that impacted both positively and negatively. So I just knew if I wasn't getting enough sleep or if I was trying to do it all, or I just, I couldn't be that parent that I wanted to be. Sort of I know like coming out of the pandemic, I'm mentally exhausted, physically exhausted too. But I guess what are some baby steps that like someone like me could take to start down that road of feeling better? You know, what are some everyday habits that you can start just like baby steps? Because, you know, we all say we want to work out great, but that's like a bigger thing. What are some of the things that, you know, have helped you become more also calm and confident, but also mentally less exhausted? There's so many. And it's like, you hear about sleep, diet, nutrition, exercise, self-care, but that's different for everyone. So for me, exercise is huge. I mean, I'd say that's one of my biggest because it impacts everything physically, mentally, emotionally. And I mean, there's so many, I think sleep, I I think going to the sleep the same time, try to as much as you can, the same time every night and getting enough quality sleep is so important. I mean, it's hard when you first have kids and young kids probably in your situation too. And I'm all for naps now ever since having kids, but ensuring at least good night's sleep. It's such a huge impact on your emotional health as well. So I think that's like so important um, where people kind of put that back if they just have so much to do. But I feel like if you get a good night's sleep, well, I know this too, we know that quality sleep, you'll actually get more done the next day, right? You'll feel more rested. And what else? 
I mean, I love the name of your book, Common Confident Parent. So like most of us are not very calm, maybe confident, but not very calm. What are some of the like, I guess, your biggest takeaways, I guess, from the book or from what you do or what you've seen happen? And especially now, because I mean, after all of this, we lose our temper, we lose whatever we've been with our kids way too much, even now that they're back in school, it's still it's it's been a load that's been on parents for a long time. Right. How did you start down the journey of being, I guess, calm and any things that like we can start doing to really implement that? Because I'm big on reparenting yourself. I've noticed that like there's all of these parenting tips on like how to parent. But the problem is if you don't change yourself, your parenting isn't going to change. Like you can implement all the tools and tactics and all of that. But if you don't focus on yourself, you can't really change. And so I'm curious, how do you become more calm? Because I feel like becoming more calm, what's the word for it? Like it it models to your kids and it creates a better atmosphere and environment at home. Well, exactly. Like when you say modeling for your kids, that's why starting with yourself, because they're watching, they learn by watching us as their role model. So they're seeing you react to stressful situations in a more less anxious way or more calmly, they learn to do that when they're forced to do so. And it's about learning how to deal with your emotions and your emotional health. So how you deal with stressful situations, which isn't easy. And right, we're all going to have stress and some stress is good and it motivates us. But other times rather than snap or rather on how we're going to deal with certain situations. So I don't know, there's different, all of these things impacted. And that's why it ended up in such the book. But I would say Like, what is the biggest thing you've done that you've noticed in your own children? Like, especially going through a separation and, you know, the differences in environments for the kids can be stressful and stressful for you as a parent, managing relationships and changes. How, I guess, with your own kids and with your own self, what has been a big thing for you that you've done? Well, I know things that are out of my control. Like, I used to stress over a lot of different things where now I know what to do, whether I take a break or a breath or practice gratitude, or I learned a lot about mindfulness and meditation and all these things that I heard of years ago that I was like, there's no way these things can do anything. And then I researched it and actually on myself as my own experiment, saw the impacts on my life and how I can deal with stressful situations more calmly, which really it goes back to when I was forced to learn these things back in a prior injury years ago. And again, I didn't really believe any of it was true, but I had to function, right? I had all this, no one could figure out what was going wrong. And I learned all these different modalities. So I think seeing that and knowing that I can't change anything and we'll always have stress in our lives on how I can, what I can do in the stressful situations, humor a lot. I try and just think in the positive and laugh at different things or not minimize any issues, but really just. I think taking a break, taking a breath and all these alternative medicine set of modalities that I learned along the way really made an impact. I do think fitness, I know back to that, but that if I'm ever in a bad mood or like I don't work out, I find myself more sluggish and more moody or diet as well. I mean, that's another huge topic to take a whole talk on, but I feel like the worst, if you're eating different foods or worse foods or inflammatory food, there's different things that impact the way you feel which really, I think it's all, like I said, interrelated and intertwined and self-care, taking time for yourself. Like you said, even if it's 20 minutes, 
like moms, we need a break or dads or anyone to focus on yourself. And if you don't recharge and like, you just, you'll get burnt out. And that's just another reason for more stress and anxiety in your life. Right. Well, I wanted to switch gears a little and talk a little bit about your career. And the reason why is you were talking about all these like kind of alternative medicine and like more holistic things. And that you even said like, oh, I didn't really like believe in these before because you were an actual or you still are a pediatrician or you were, you know, you went to school to be a medical doctor. And a lot of times we separate that medical doctor from more like holistic health. And you didn't stay as a pediatrician. You kind of shifted in your career. And so I wanted to ask, like, first of all, why did you switch gears? But also, when did you have kids throughout the process of all of this? Because I know for a lot of moms out there, having kids ends up changing your career trajectory, whether like it's they can't work full time anymore or they realize they're passionate about something else. So for you... Why did you switch your career and when did you have your children in that whole journey? So, uh, yeah, definitely not the traditional path, but I practiced and I always loved kids. And I think by default, almost I went into pediatrics, but I practiced for a while here in Manhattan. And then it was about five years in when I really, I loved medicine and I helped, loved helping patients, but I found myself really wanting to use more of the, I was fascinated by the research and really wanted to use stick to the really complicated cases. So all these different things that I thought, you know what I needed, maybe practice wasn't for me. And I really looked to see what else was out there. And I had no idea at the time what I could do is with an MD. I was actually true story looking about meteorology schools in Miami because I'm fascinated by the weather as well. And then I, after um, all those years of going to school to be a doctor, <laughs> my parents are not happy with that. Well, so, so I, it's an interesting question. Cause I actually have a bunch of mom friends who are doctors, ER doctors, pediatricians, things like that. And they're always like, we can't just throw away our degree. What do we do? So I'm here to ask you, what oh, can they do? Was, well, I researched, <laughs> I mean, this was well before, I mean, there's, so many, but there's so many more options today, even. But so I researched all different things, Wall Street. And then a f- boyfriend at the time was saying everyone out in Northern California works for pharmaceutical companies. So I researched that angle and I learned about safety and regulatory in the industry. And I transitioned to the pharmaceutical industry and I really loved it. So I feel like now what I do is so rewarding, just as rewarding, if not more, helping patients because it's not on a small level. It's really like in the millions. And so I can really use that science and medicine that I love. So I made that transition well before I had kids or even met my husband who I had kids with. And then years after that, while I was in the industry, I had children. Did at any point in there, were you like, I don't know if I can continue my career or were you like, it's not even an option. Like it's totally fine. Kids didn't change it. Yeah. Kids didn't change it. It's interesting because even then I remember my boss at the time saying, oh, you're never going to come back. I'm like, no, I'll come back early. But I did extend my leave a little bit because I loved being home and mom and nursing and all that. But I didn't feel like it would change my career at all. And that's even more when I started doing more on the side because parents would still be coming to me with questions or confused if there's so much misinformation and started writing and speaking and talking, all the parenting stuff that still sort of stuck with me because of that, that I did outside my, my career too. And I love that. And that's actually sort of how the book came about because there was nothing really that I found when I was pregnant 
that I thought would be an easy read or not boring or not textbook-like, but parents would want to pick up because they are going to be so exhausted, right? We're working and taking care of kids. So yeah, so that's sort of the career path that I took. And I'm still- So then how did you also find time to write a book while working full-time while also having two kids? (laughs) And also having apparently side stuff where you're speaking, you're blogging, (laughs) you're on media. So like, how did you fit that all in? Like, how did you structure it? Yeah, I did. Well, after my kids would go to sleep, I would write a lot in the morning. If I was doing workouts, I, I thought a lot about what I wanted to write on the weekends, you know, when my kids were at their dad's. And it's funny because my friends are like, that's what you want to do. Like you want to work more, but I, to me, it's not working. I love it. So if parents are reaching out or if I have to write. So it was really on any spare time, but it was a lot of nights and me that like, I need my sleep and I talk about the benefits of sleep. So it, I'd have to force myself sometimes to stop writing at a certain point or, you know, I tried to do a lot at night after the kids would be in bed. I mean, other times I'd fall asleep on their floor when they went to bed, but for other times, yeah, I would just do it when I didn't have the kids or when they were sleeping. And did you write this during the pandemic or beforehand? I started it right before the pandemic in November, the fall of 2019. I had thought about it for years and a lot of what I was writing about or for media or on my blog would be similar topics. So I thought about it, but I didn't know exactly how I wanted to put it into a book that would be succinct enough where they would get this information easy to digest. So it was probably the fall of 2019 where I I flew down to Austin to the company that I was working, publishing company that I was working with and yeah, and started writing it. So most of the writing was done during the pandemic. So it's a fitting topic for that, but not at all. Because I was going to ask, like, common confident is a very thing. Like, after the pandemic, it seems like something really important to have. And so I'm wondering, did you have anything that you changed throughout the process? Like, anything you discover that parents really needed that maybe not before? And if so, like, what are those things that parents really need? Or and any, like, tips on, like, how to address that? Nothing changed. I thought about that when I worked with the editors. I was like, is my, do I just have to throw my book out the window because the pandemic's changing anything? No, if anything, it'll be relevant for that. But I didn't want it for the pandemic because it's all these topics that we've, we live with every day pre-pandemic and we'll need post-pandemic, whatever that looks like. But it's a lot of the same topics. I mean, it's self-care and it's starting all still starting with the parent, which I wanted to really focus on that impact on parenting with diet, nutrition, exercise, sleep. I put in things as far as emergencies and what you need to uh, stay calm and confident through emergencies and that sort of parenting, but nothing that I think anything is super relevant now for parents more than ever, but nothing that I changed because of well, Which is great. Yeah. And I thought- on the, actually on in that note, how do you stay calm and confident as a co-parent? Because I know that can be stressful. There's different ways that everybody parents. And so dealing with your partner who might parent differently, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with, you know, you're even saying like, it's important to have your sleep, have your nutrition as a parent so that you can parent really well, or, you know, in a certain way, how do you deal with that as a co-parent? For the impact of the kids, I think what you're saying. Yeah. So it's hard. And there's times I remember when my kids were younger and first moved, like I can only, um, I can only do what I can do when the kids are with me. Right. So you can't control what happens at school. You can't control what happens with the other parent. 
So there were times when my, my daughter was younger, weight became, was an issue. Fortunately, it's gotten better now, but I knew what she was eating, like to keep a nutrition diary or keep track. It's, it's very, it's not easy because you have to have right that trust and communication. And when you have co-parenting and you don't even really speak, <laughs> how do you do that? So you can only focus what you can do with your kids on your own time. I mean, now as they get older, it's easier, but it's hard. I don't know if I have an answer. I mean, every situation is so different and every scenario would be, but I learned not to stress over what I couldn't control. Like it was just, it was hard initially. I think every parent, we like to know what's going on. And yeah, especially like when they're not, when they're not with you, because I mean, I've seen, unfortunately, a lot of COVID casualties of divorces or separations throughout the pandemic. And I've seen that, that other parents out there, it's stressful. Like some parents don't talk at all. Some parents are great co-parents where they're on the same page and they're doing it for the kids. Like, and So like, how do you manage that without quote communication? How do you manage that consistency? And how do you do that with your children to make sure that they come first in all of this, despite your differences? I I mean, again, it's really just, I can only do what I do, but there are, there is going to be differences. I feel like everyone, you know, bedtimes, even you'd how much are they tired are they acting out or having him because they're exhausted or they're overtired? And I don't know what time they went to bed the night before. Again, now at eight and 10, it's a lot easier than when they were like three and five because you can get a, you know, a sense of like, oh yeah, I went to bed at this time or whatever. But yeah. that's a more simplistic, simple example. But yeah, I can only, I mean, the best you can do what you can when you're with the kids. And COVID, it's hard. I mean, I imagine whether you're separated or not, there could be those differences of opinions of you want them home or you want them at school or you don't want them in this activity or you, it's, it's a, it's a tough situation. I think for everyone, fortunately, we're on the same page as far as COVID and vaccine and how to handle the situation as far as masks and all that. So that, that, that was very helpful, but yeah, I don't know. It's a tough situation. It's just knowing that you can only control what you can control. That's good to like, let go of all of that. And how do you, do you teach your kids that at all? Or how do you communicate with them about that to like, not stress out about that? Or if, if things are really different, cause I know, you know, kids don't like change, like change is hard. And so to like go from how, how did you get them kind of adjusted to being in different environments? They were so young. I think it was in a way better that they were younger and now they're older and understand this is how it is for now. I don't think it's ever easy. I think the reverse, and it took me a while to actually decide that this is what I want to do and end it. But I think it's better for kids to see a parent in, you know, in a way where they're happy rather than what a marriage shouldn't look like. So they're, they're, the kids are great. I think it's just a matter of for their emotional health, like everyone's going to be upset or get, or I, I, I do like to talk about as far as stress and anxiety, but like having kids learn how to express their emotions. And that's another topic that I really like to talk about as far as how to stay calm and decrease your anxiety and is really knowing how to handle your own emotions. Cause we're all going to have stressful situations come our way. So I try to talk to them at least daily about 
their emotions or what they're feeling, like really learning how to express it. Cause sometimes they'll know now, you know, I got so upset and I'm angry and the things that we do to help calm them or breathe or talk, but they might not. What do you do with them to like help calm them? Do you like do breath work? Do you do meditation? Do you like, what do you do with them? There's different things like tantrums, you know, you want them. There's nothing that once it starts that you can do to stop it. You have to let them have their not engage is the best way to deal with that. But other times when they're getting upset, not to get upset with them, but to try and have them take a breath. I've tried, there's different great apps that help them, that help adults too, to help calm at that point in time. And really sometimes the hardest part is knowing why they were getting upset, but not to think about that at that point in time while they're that excited because they're not going to hear you or really listen to why, but later on try and understand why and what they can do in that situation. Some have, you know, something that they can get upset with or hold or squeeze, or there's just different ways that I do it. Sometimes I'll add again, the humor, not at all of what they're getting upset about or some, because you don't want to minimize, you know, their feelings and know that you think that and you understand that their feelings are real, but it's a matter of how, like, to kind of lighten up the situation, which I find really helps because then, like, they forget about something else that might have been really upsetting in that. Yeah. But for parents, it's important because there's so many little small things that we might not think are a big deal, which to kids might be a big deal and stress them or get them upset. But I think learning about how to handle their emotions is the best way. And now you're almost entering the teenage years, <laughs> a few years away, but. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a whole different oh like God. season of motherhood in that sense. It is. Well, your kids are how old? You one, three, and one. six. Oh, so six. Yeah, Eight ways to go. But well, maybe not. Because <laughs> ten, she seems like she's a teenager. But yeah, that's a whole nother. A whole My three year old, we say, is a three nature because she acts like it. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. too. And then with the sibling rivalry, yes, and. It's hard to stay a calm parent with the sibling rivalry. It really is. It's hard to like, there's so many times I just walk away. I walk away. I was like, mommy needs a breath. Mommy needs a minute by herself because I am going to scream. That's (laughs) perfect. And don't you find, I have to do that sometimes. That's the, that's actually um, the greatest thing to do. And then sometimes they kind of then bond like, all right, we should probably settle down because mom's getting upset. Like they need their mom. They get that, right? Right. Well, the funniest is last week I did, or my daughter did that, my three-year-old. She walked away and she goes, I want to be alone. And she goes in her room and closes the door. And I just started laughing. I couldn't help but laugh. She was so angry at her brother. She just stomped off and she's like, I don't like him. I need a minute by myself. And I was like, you go take a minute by yourself. Feel free. Do what you need to do, girl. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) But it was funny because I don't, I do that now. Like I'm like, mommy needs a minute away. Like, and so I think, again, that's modeling. But I thought it was funny that she picked up on that. (laughs) She might have helped. And did she feel that she probably felt better? And then like, and then she literally came out of her room maybe five minutes later. I could see her in the nest cam. Like she got in her bed. She was like doing random things, like talking to her stuffed animals. Then she comes out of her room with like a, I don't know, St. Patrick's Day hat. Don't ask where she found it. She just marches downstairs and she's like smiling and happy. And it like totally calmed her. I'm like, cool, you did it. (laughs) You did it on your own. I didn't have to step in and like stop a fight. It was great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, 
anyway, to wrap things up, I wanted to ask my a couple last questions. One, what do you think is a superpower that you gained once you became a mom that makes you better in either business or life? I think, I guess even, even though it's a little bit before having kids, I think the whole calm and confident part of me where I really, it's only made me that much. It's only impacted my, my parenting that much more, or I use more and more within my parenting. Does it work Uh, at work too? Oh yeah. I think it's overall like, and some others, I think of it because I've been told like, that's your superpower. I think if I have one, but like how to actually throughout work because work can get stressful or life can get stressful. And we're always, everyone's always saying I'm stressed, but like, we're all going to have stress and life is always crazy. But I think, yeah, that would, I'd have to say that's still my superpower, even more so after having kids. I love that. And where can we find you online? My I'll website. Put all the links. Yeah. yeah. Everything is pretty consistent. Dr. Allison Mitzner. So Dr. Allison um, my social media handles are the same. So on there, I have lots of information. It's, you can join for free for my blogs, for my handouts and guides and parenting guides. And there's information on my book. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining today. I appreciate you taking the time out to doing this. Well, thanks for having me. It's always fun. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time.